When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. City of Chronicles is a Bayer Chronicles production. to this week's Seria Chronicles Q&A episode uh, with me, Nikki Vandini, and the wonderful Mina Mizuki. I'm going to jump straight into our first question this week, which comes from Anthony Lacasho, who is a Chronicles Tifosi Patreon member and who is also a stand-up comedian, which is awesome, and who also wrote a really lovely email to us which was really long so we're going to do a shortened version of your email Anthony apologies not reading the whole thing but thank you you were very kind uh, so thank you for that email Anthony writes I have been listening from the start to the Sarah Chronicles podcast and never miss an episode keep up the incredible work thank you Anthony um his question is um it's 2027 and the asteroid of progression has rendered the dinosaurs of cultural management extinct Allegri, Spalletti, Sally, Jose Mourinho, even Inzaghi are all gone. Only Stefano Pioli remains to wrap his fatherly arm around the now double European champions. The seats at the top table of Italian football coaching are occupied by the following. Italiano, Dionisi, Tudor, Juric, De Zerbi, and Cioffi to make it a round number and because his hair is perfect. I was wondering what Choffy is sneaking out at this for. Um, who are these guys coaching? What football are they playing? And would you add or remove anyone from that list? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like I'm not as prepared for as I could be. Yeah, Mina, I'll throw it to you first. It's an easy way to get out of it, Nikki. Also, where's Gasparini on that list? Is yeah. he... If I ask the question, someone else can answer it. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. So is Gasparini the extinct dinosaur or would he be considered one of the newbies? Well, that'd be interesting to know. I think Gasparini's got to be extinct, hasn't he, if that's the group. He's not a young man. 
Um, I'll be honest Sorry, with you, I, I don't the, love he's this. He's gone the way of the dinosaurs. I don't love this uh, new. If, if this is what we have to look forward to in terms of like the new coaches coming up, like I, I obviously really love Italiano. I'm a massive, massive fan of his and Jurich. Don't trust any of them with my team. Um, so I wouldn't want any of them in charge of Juventus, to be very frank with you, barring Italiano. So the seats of the top table of Italian football coaching are occupied by the following, right? Who are these guys coaching? Deserbi would have to take over Milan because I think they're both quite glamorous. I think that they are both like a certain philosophy style of football. I think that for me, Deserbi takes far too many risks. I think he doesn't know how to read the opponent very well. And I think his substitutions are frankly awful um, most of the time. I'm not a huge fan of his, the way that Nikki Bandini is. So I am preparing her for a fight here just because I like to make things interesting. And if you were the listener out there, you'd probably be throwing mud <laughs> because you want us to start fighting. But um, I think that he gets a lot of plaudits for things that I don't necessarily believe, like uh, the progression of players. See, Berardi is great even when he's not in charge, you know. Um, so I don't, I don't know what it is. But at the same time, he does play very good football, and I do think that his philosophy is sound if he can correct certain things in it that makes it less naive. Um, especially defensively. Dionisi, I think, is very interesting. The team is not at times as interesting to watch as they were under Deserbi, but they do have a certain level of mental fortitude that I didn't think that they had last season, weirdly enough. And that probably is shown by what they've managed to do in the big matches away from home. But again, He's new. I think he's getting the best out of his strikers. I think that they've lost something when they lost Locatelli, um, especially in that partnership in the middle that he had there. So I don't know how to judge him quite yet. There are some things about Dionisi that still don't convince me he's young, but he has a great trajectory ahead of him. The way that he left Sassuolo, sorry, the way that he left Empoli gives me a few question marks about the way that he handles himself in certain things. So I don't I don't know whether I'm being a little bit harsh on that. Igor Tudor, again, wonderful, doing tremendous work with Alas Verona, but he and Yorich's style of play, which is duels, I find that quite hard to take to a very big team because I think it's exhaustive and I don't think it can be managed across all major competitions. And you have to have players that will really buy into it. So if you do have a player who is, let's say, a World Cup winner, like a Paul Pogba, and you ask him to do this in every match, he just, he won't. I, I think it's much harder to do that unless you have a young squad or a squad of players who are trying to prove themselves. But other than that, I find it very hard to play that style of football and for it to succeed with veterans and like a, a Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So it's interesting because I don't know where I would place these players. For me, Italiano looks like the most capable of taking a big club because we've seen how he's handled himself and how much compliments he got from, a, you know, from Vlaovic, uh, from Bonaventura, from a lot of his team, from the way that he handled himself with Spezia. So obviously he hasn't been charged of a Ronaldo or, a, you know, Brozovic yet. So that, that remains to be seen. But his style of football is so interesting to watch. His man management is excellent. Um, he's proved that in Serie B. He proved that even in Serie C. So I, I definitely think that he is somebody who does take risks at the bank but ensures that he finds balance. I think he is brilliant on a tactical level and a man management level. 
But barring that, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how much I rate the rest of them um, when it comes to coaching at teams like Milan, Inter and Juve uh, or Roma Lazio. What about you, Nikki? It's so hard. I mean, you're asking for five years' time and lots would have changed. Um, but I'm enjoying the hypotheticals that I've got playing out in my mind because I could spin this so many different ways. Obviously, the answer I want to give is that the Zerbi is now at Juventus just because that would give me a full season's worth of content annoying me <laughs> about the fact that the Zerbi was in charge of, of Juventus. There's no way, though, that that one would actually happen, right? Deserbi at Juventus, that's not a face of this. Deserbi is a manager who wants to play football that is, let's just attack all the time. Let's not bother about being sensible. Let's play out first-time pass from the back. Are our players good enough to play the ball out first-time from the back? We don't care. It's fun. That's like as far away from the Juventus ideal as you can get. So unfortunately, I can't put Deserbi at Juventus. Maybe Nedved had another, you know... Nedved had like a meltdown and decided he was so bored with that type of football that he does want this interview, you know? I mean, look, every club can go through a moment, right? Like, and I'm, that's part of the problem is five years down the line, which of these clubs has what identity? Because, you know, when I think about this interview and I think if I really wanted to put him at a top club, which would it be? I almost feel like the, the top club that I could most put him at is a club that doesn't exist anymore because it's Milan when Berlusconi was still in charge. It's Milan when Silvio's having a moment of, I'm sick of us playing the wrong kind of football. Why won't my managers listen to me? Why can't I have more attackers on the pitch? I want to have the manager who's going to make his attack. And so like Silvio Berlusconi's Milan, I can see hiring De Zerbi mm. for five minutes. It's probably a disaster, but it's fun, right? You're saying he's the same level as Saki. Like, you know, you take a risk on Saki ball. You take a risk on De Zerbi in that same way. Right, right. And that's, you know, that's who you need to make that decision is, is, um, is your Berlusconi and Galliani. And you know what? Listen, if um, Anthony's allowed to take this scenario and to describe Milan as already a double European champions, so in fact, their job's not even open because Pioli's still there. I'm going to say that the right spot for Deserbi is in fact at Monza, who have inexplicably <laughs> muscled into the top four and are playing Champions League football <laughs> with Deserbi as manager. So that's where Deserbi's gone to. Okay. Ivan Juric, I want to put at Inter. And I think it's for no other reason than that we're talking about all of these managers who are Italian managers. Juric is the international face in this picture. And Inter are Internazionale, right? That was their brand. They were the club who were who are open to the world. And so I want to put Juric there, except, of course, yes. what happened when Juric's mentor, Gian Piero Gasperini, went to Inter. So I think in my story here, Juric has been at Inter, but he lasted six games. It went horribly wrong. And for some reason, that's what happened. But now he's at Atalanta and he's following Gasperini's footsteps and he's restored them to being the Gasperini team that we love. So that's what's happened to you when you're And with Pagliuca, he has money to Tudor. spend. <laughs> right? Perfect. Perfect. Igor Tudor, I think if anyone in this group is going to do it, Igor Tudor has wound up at Juventus because Juventus have gone, that's a former Juventus man. We've had him here before. Bring him back in. Easy fit there for me. Um, who have I got left? Italiano. Trophy. Italiano. Dionisi. One of Italiano or Dionisi is at Roma trying to fix like two seasons down the line the mess that was left behind by Jose Mourinho. Oh, which one? Wait, wait, hold on. Who's it going to be? Um, I mean, I feel like Italiano from Fiorentina is closer to doing it. 
but we're talking five years down the line. So maybe Italiano had the first go at it and it's happened and and now it's Dionisi's turn. Berlusconi's Milan would so take Italiano. They would so take him in an instant. <laughs> he is the best coach from that lot. You're right, actually. You are right. So he could be at Monza. Or I've had a run at Monza before Deserbi. Choffi, I cannot tell you because we're too early in his managerial career. But who haven't I given a manager to? I've given Inter a manager. Milan have a manager. Juventus have a manager. Lazio. I guess he's at Napoli because I haven't got someone else there. So, oh, Lazio. Yeah. No, you can't <laughs> put him at Napoli. He's, I don't know. I don't see him playing that kind of football that really like, oh, Insigne is not there, so it's fine. Yeah, I'll manage. I would give them Dionisi. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Napoli and Dionisi, maybe that's a better fit. That's a better fit. Trophy is, 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 is just somehow still at Udinese, but he's like been fired three times and come back three times. How about that? Yeah, that's, that's a great, actually, yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah, are we missing anyone? I mean, here's the thing, like, are we missing Zanetti from Venezia? I know that they haven't been having such a great time, but there's a lot in him that I think I appreciate a lot as a coach. You know, I, I think that he's got a really tough task and he's got like such a, I, I almost think it's now a bloated squad, if I'm honest with you. You know, there's so many different nationalities. It's, I, I just feel like it's a huge corporation rather than a small football team. I don't know how to explain, but it's not. Obviously, we know it's not. We know the people who work there as well, and it's such a family atmosphere. But it's a, it's a lot to ask of them to do this season to stay in Serie A. But Zanetti, I think, has done incredibly. I think a lot of the times his tactics are spot on. He just doesn't have the level of technique to really overcome those sides that they're facing. But would you say that he's somebody who deserves a shot at a bigger... I know. I mean, I'd like to see him at someone like Lazio or Roma or, you know, Fiorentina. Maybe not Roma. Yeah, I mean, I think he's certainly one of the list of managers who it's really like, this is all very, it's fun. Like, I'm enjoying this game, but it's very speculative. Five years time, people's careers go on such journeys. And frankly, like five years time, the next thought I had in my head for who else has got one of these jobs. There's probably somewhere in there, like an ex-footballer who's playing right now, who's retired by then and has sort of stumbled into one of the big jobs. I was thinking, like, could it be Chilo Immobile? Maybe he's somehow become a Lazio manager because he sort of played enough. But I don't know if I see manager in him. Or, I mean, the obvious one age-wise would be Zlatan. But I think he gave an interview last year where he said if he ever was a manager, he'd end up punching two of his players by halftime and eight at the end of the game. So The only managers I believe in are midfielders. So it has to be a midfielder who retires. I wonder if someone like Candreva could end up in management. Yeah, something like that, you know? Chiellini has that sort of sense about him, but he's going to be running the business at Juventus probably. He's done all his business degrees. He'll be running the finance department. And also I do wonder that we are waiting for in five years to see who does do that. And I wonder if they're already behind because like Saki was just, you know, went from Serie B and went straight to like Milan and like the greatest Milan, <laughs> you know, like Jose Mourinho took over Porto, won the Champions League and then became the special one like immediately, you know. And I, I do wonder whether these guys are already behind. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like, Javi's already at Barcelona. Obviously, Antonio Conte went and, and did Bari and Atalanta, and, and then it took him a while to get where he is, you know? I do wonder if sometimes, you know, you, you sort of need a guy that just does it straight away and who it would be. Um, I'm sorry, it couldn't have been Pirlo. Maybe Pirlo's back by then. Do you think? time. Could be. I mean, probably not, but it could be. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, we, we just want to say that um, thank you so much for the question and our Media Chronicles production team, including producer Simon, who may, you may have heard interject on some, uh, some comments we made 
He recorded a podcast episode on their own podcast, Chronicles on the Fly. If you want to have a listen to that with Anthony as a guest last October, check out the episode titled Half Italian, Half Greek, Half Aussie. Clearly no one knows maths here, but what can I say? (laughs) (laughs) Which is a fun chant about growing up in Italian families in Australia, being football fans, stand-up comedy, and lots more. And for Australian listeners, Anthony is a stand-up comedian touring Australia this month on his new comedy tour. And you can check out Anthony's own football podcast, the Kevin Lasagna Appreciation Podcast. I absolutely love the name. And we'll have all the links for you in the show notes. Okay, let's go to the next question. And it's from Nick B. And he asks... Sorry, Nick B, Nicky Pandini, never mind. I thought for a second. No, I saw that. Nicky, Nicky. I was like, wait, Nicky, are you writing in? But then I just realized it's Nick. But I haven't just subtly like taken a letter off my name and written in, I promise. That's kind of, I was like, wait, what's going on here? Um, and I thought that maybe someone had made a mistake. But hi, Celia Chronicles. Chronicler. Chronicler. How do you say that? Chroniclers? Chroniclers. Oh my God, I cannot pronounce this well. Anyway. You know what I'm talking about. As a long-time Juventino, hello to you from Texas. I never thought I'd say this, but how much does Weston McKenney's injury impact Juventus' chances of reaching the Champions League next season? In my opinion, his development over the last six months or so has been immense, and his skill set and physical ability seem to be critical to how Allegri wants his team to play. Thank you for the great show, as always. Thank you so much, Nick. It's worth mentioning that Allegri has uh, said over the weekend that unfortunately McKinney will be out for the rest of this season. And it was quite painful to hear that. But what do you think, Nicky? Let's throw it to you. I mean, I would say there's no impact at all, Mina, because the role can be filled capably by Adrian Rabio. Stop it! Nobody ever has been disappointed or frustrated by at Juventus no it's it's a big loss it's a big loss so there's like two different ways in which you lose when you lose a player right like you lose a player because you lose their technical ability you lose their their quality and 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 I guess the sort of just the level that they play at and there's the other thing that you lose which is you lose a way of playing right like you lose a certain style of footballer and I don't think that losing McKenney hits catastrophically in that latter way right like I don't think that you've lost a whole system of playing so like to use an extreme example say you lost Vlavic all of a sudden you then don't have a number nine anymore you're back where you were before you signed Vlavic where you've got forwards none of whom really wants to sort of hold the middle of the pitch and and press into the penalty area and that was obviously a problem in Juventus season I don't think that losing McKinney has that impact because um McKinney is a box-to-box midfielder and you have other box-to-box midfielders. They don't necessarily do it exactly as he does it. I think you lose some tempo without him. You lose uh, some some teeth without him because he really does lead uh, emotionally and physically sometimes, I think, when he's on the pitch. And I think that that's something that, that goes out the window when he's not there. But structurally, I think you can still make a Juventus midfield that that is sound enough. In fact, I think if you look at, not that it was a, a wonderful overall performance against Spezia at the weekend but what you end up with which is Artur being um, a bit more the regista a bit more holding the position in the middle of the pitch Locatelli getting to run a bit more box to box um, with Rabiot and Quadrado outside them that's kind of what you've got still as your as your core option and look I'm not um, going to go uh, 
and that's for Adrian Ravio. I was very much joking about him before. But any system for me that at Juventus right now gets Locatelli running box to box is kind of the thing that I most want to see. And I don't think the McKenny going out costs you that. So I don't think it's catastrophic. Do I think the team is better with him in it? Yes. Would I prefer to see a team, a Juventus team that didn't have Rabio in it more? Yes, because I find him so frustrating. Um, you know, I'm not even a Juventus fan. I just find it frustrating that he's always there and I don't get it. And I know Juventus fans, like um, such as yourself, Mina, sometimes are wrestling with that question on an even more existential level than I am. But I don't think it's, I think it's bad, but not a catastrophe. I think that Juventus, I still expect them to make the top four without him. I think there are other players I would be more worried about losing, but it's a loss. He's a, he's a, he's in my Juventus starting 11. Like if I'm picking the team, he's in it. So you've lost something for sure. I think that sometimes Allegri plays Rabio because he just wants to have a challenge and he just thinks to himself, like, how much more can I, you know, add problems to this team and make them suffer and see how really mentally strong they are that they have to win despite having Rabio on the pitch. Um, I just wonder whether that's something he shares with Deschamps, who also chose to play for France. But for Weston McKinney, I, I'll say one thing. I don't agree that his development has been immense. I, and here's the thing, because I think he was already brilliant coming in. I think that it was under Pirlo. There's a reason why Pirlo really wanted him and a reason why Paratici totally agreed and also started to watch him, watch him and want him for Juventus. They both saw something in him that I think was already evident. And to be honest with you, to come from the Bundesliga and a different, very different style of play and come to Italy and just settle down so quickly, I thought was very impressive last year. He was one of the shining lights in an otherwise very chaotic team. And he found his way through despite the fact that there was not a lack of, you know, real organization, but it doesn't, wasn't necessarily a team that had a strong identity. You didn't know what to expect from them when Andrea Pilo. And I still think he was brilliant. And this is a country that's new to him, a tactic, you know, a, a new style to him that there was Ronaldo there, there was heaps of pressure. It was a little bit crazy at Juventus last year. And I, I was really proud of the way that he handled himself. I think that he was excellent. I think under Allegri, there were question marks whether he would be able to find himself in such a rigid tactical system. But he did find himself and he's been wonderful. He has listened to all those instructions and grown and shown a different side of his character, that he can adapt to the situation. But like I said, I don't think it's development because I think it's already there. Like he is naturally gifted and he is very coachable and he's just personable. So he's already a leader. Like just just watching him even talking about like ranch dressing, just it's brilliant for me. Like it's kind of like why I think they love him so much because he's just so unapologetically himself at all times. And so when he talks to the coach and, and he'll say like, I need you to do this or I need you to do that, he'll listen to it and if he doesn't think he can do it, he'll talk about it. And it's his character that gets him far because he's clearly a very intelligent guy and understands how to relate to different ideas and, and different people. And so I think he works well within that system. But he is skillful. He always has been. He's always been fun to watch, even in the Bundesliga. He's always been, you know, tactically good enough. Just it's not something that we necessarily see in the Bundesliga because of their style of play sometimes. So 
But I think that Allegri has really managed to get the best out of him. But I agree. I do also think that his loss will bring more of a Locatelli-Arthur partnership that is interesting to watch. And while we have to suffer through Rabiot, I think we would have to suffer through Rabiot even if McKenney was available because there's some weird thing going on there, you know? I think that he would have been more important had Vlaovic not arrived um, for the simple sake that this isn't a team that scores many goals. But with Vlaovic up front, there's less of a, of a desire of a midfielder coming in with the goals. Of course, it's always handy and always important. But now it's kind of like that that pressure falls entirely on the Trident going forward. Should Dybala ever recover from his various muscle injuries, which I'm starting to think now will never happen. But I think now it's like, OK, let the midfield be the midfield. And of course, it's interesting to, to always be somebody who comes in and, and chimes in with a perfect head or whatever it is. But Vlaovic should be able to resolve those matches um, with his goals. So thankfully, there is somebody there who can take over that. But going forward, I would hate to see my team without Weston McKinney. I would hate to live in a world without Ryan's dressing me. <laughs> me too. It's my favourite dressing as well. I don't live in America, so I have to I have to get it imported. We all saw how Kilini looked at Weston when he said that. But I love Ryan's dressing. Anyway, one more question for this week's episode. It comes from Mark Bravini in Sydney via sarahchronicles.com. Compliments on the show. Thank you, Mark. Why is Jose Mourinho being given a free pass at Roma? Uh, The club seems to have committed to a sustainable project focused on developing young talent and astute big name signings. Surely Juric or Italiano would have been better options says Mark. What do you think, Mina? Surely Fonseca shouldn't have been uh, treated the way that he was, in my personal opinion. Um, It's a great question because I think we've asked that several times of each other um, in in the show. You know, why is it that Jose Mourinho gets to spend the most in the summer transfer market and yet not be able to even match what Fonseca did um, in terms of points? And whether or not he was the right option, not because he's not a good coach. I don't think that, you know... It must be said, we know that Jose Mourinho is a great coach. We were both so excited about having him in Serie A when it was announced last season. I mean, we were losing our minds at how excited we were to have him. It's not that we think he's a bad coach necessarily now, but it's a little bit like this is a guy that wins Champions League, who's used to veterans a lot more, plays a style of football that's less about possession and more about direct football. Of course, he was famous for the 12-second counter-attack at Real Madrid that became such a staple for them, which is something that you do when you have Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo. But I do wonder like what how Roma thought, yeah, that's the guy that can that can push our project through. Like that's the guy. And is this based entirely on the fact that they lost a couple of big matches last year? Okay, it's not a couple of big matches. It's all of the big matches. And I get it. There was a problem in mentality. But Stefano Pioli, you know, is somebody who hasn't won Champions League, but he's very good on a mentality level. Italiano is very good on a mentality. There could have been another step forward that would have done better with youth as well as that. I don't want to be too strong on Mourinho because to a certain extent, actually, he's really started to invest in the youth and in, 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 sorry, in the in, in the youngsters, including Guyane as, as an example, Volpato Zaleski, who's been fantastic. And he's really been giving them a chance. I don't think that he gave Borja Mayoral a chance or certain others that he allowed them to walk away. He has a very certain idea of how he wants to play his football and you have to really listen to his every instruction. 
But again, he's not my choice when it comes to construction of a team, a construction of a project. You know, in my head, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get Allegri if I'm building a team. I wouldn't bring, I don't know, Jose Mourinho if I'm building a team. I would go for the Ranieri's. You know, that 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 was back in the day when I think of the older older coaches. When I think of building a team, I think of you know Stefano Pioli. I think of those Italiano is very good at that too, um, as we've seen already, and just as remarkable work with Spezia. So I agree with you. Juric, I think, is wonderful, but you have to understand and give Juric everything that he needs. So I'm not sure I would have gone for him either. But I would probably have gone for Mourinho when there's a little bit more stability about Roma, when there is more of a movement forward. So maybe in two years' time. I would have probably gone for him. But I don't know why he's being given a free pass to a certain extent. I think it's because his name, and this is the whole point of having a reputation. It's why, you know, Pep Guardiola can produce the beautiful football. But at the end of the day, he's still not winning the greatest trophy that Manchester City is desperate for. And no one will care because at the end of the day, it's Pep Guardiola and you should be so lucky to have him. And I think that's kind of how everyone's looking at it. Most importantly, though, what Jose Mourinho done has so well is that he's gotten the fans on board he's talked about them as this team that doesn't get enough respect like the big clubs but if you watch the refereeing for Milan most of the time whether it was against Spezio or anything really you'll be shocked to see that they're also a team that's not being treated fairly right now by the referees so once you get the fans on board in in certainly in a club like Roma where that makes and moves mountains what your fans think or how much they talk or what they want then I think it makes a difference. And he's done very well to engage with that. Combine that with the reputation that he has as being a proven winner who's done it in Italy with a team like Pazza Inter and managed to treble. It's very hard to sack Jose Mourinho. The free pass thing's interesting, isn't it? Because I think he's actually had the opposite in the international press. I think the international press has probably been quite hard on Mourinho, maybe even including myself and, and this podcast. But... He he certainly seems to have been given a very gentle ride by Roma supporters. And I think in some ways, you know, you just touched on this, Mina, like it's kind of the most interesting thing about the appointment for me, because look, I, I completely agree with Mark's premise that if I was hiring to get someone to work with young players to build a new and sustainable project, I would not hire someone who has to be paid the joint highest salary in all of Serie A who has no recent track record of working with young teams and, and building long-term projects, I would pick a cheap option. I would go with a Juric or an Italiano or someone like that. And, and I would say, listen, the budget is what the budget is and we'll build from there. But I think there are contexts in which reputation does matter. And perhaps the biggest context is with your supporters. And the Roma supporters have been notoriously sort of hard to unite for a while, actually. I think if you go back through the sort of last chapter, the last great chapter, and a lot of it has to do with Francesco Totti's sort of protracted final playing part of his career, but there was this sort of endless battles, it felt like, between the club's ownership that wanted one thing, between Francesco Totti and, and people around who wanted one thing, between the fans who wanted one thing, and, and maybe even different groups of the fans who wanted different things. And it was always, always a feeling of a club that was internally at war with itself. And I think that's what burned out some managers like Luis Enrique even who went there. And and some people really liked him, like Totti really liked Luis Enrique, but he burned out really quickly there. 
Mourinho, by sort of force of reputation, by force of personality, has got total buy-in from elements that at times have been disruptive, like the ultras are really behind him. And to an extent, that allows you as a football club to get on with all the rest of your business in a more orderly way. Now, there's a flip side of that, which is that Mourinho himself is quite disruptive and has walked in and basically tossed aside millions and millions of euros worth of talent, including some that you've invested in quite recently, and made them useless to the cause. And that has got to be incredibly frustrating for the club to deal with. On the other hand, as Mina says, he is now bringing in some younger players, and I didn't foresee it, but this has kind of been the better phase of Mourinho at Roma, is when he finally did just start saying, fine, I'll play some kids. Things have gone better, and actually that's what they wanted, is to play the kids. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's still a really open question how this ends up, and my inclination, because it's Jose, is to think that he doesn't leave many clubs on good terms, right? So probably by the end, it's going to end up being somewhere that is is uncomfortable. But it's the best answer I can give um, at the moment, I think, is is that it's complicated. But I think the way he has united the fans is the best answer as to why he gets more leniency than others does. Well, well I, I guess, you know, this is his first year there, so he deserves another shot, another season at least to see what can be developed. I just hope that he can do so without lots of money, just because right now nobody has it in Serie A. But we hope you enjoyed the Serie A Chronicles Q&A. Check out our website at seriachronicles.com and click the Chronicles to Fozy button to join our Patreon community, where you'll get access to exclusive episodes and bonus content. Get your questions in on Twitter at SeriaChronPod with the hashtag ChroniclesQ&A or send us a voice message via the website and we'll put your voice on the show. Find both of us on Twitter at Nikki Bandini, at Mina Rizuki and subscribe to the Seria Chronicles YouTube channel for clips of the show. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday. Ciao for now. Because I'm going to ask. Oh, sorry. Is it me who does the wrap up? I thought it was you, no? I forgot. Sorry. I don't know. I think we alternate. So one person does the intro and one person does the close. Okay. Okay. So just obviously cut that all out. <laughs> yeah. Just. <laughs> but Nanny is where we leave it. We'll be back on Friday with Chronicles Q&A mailbag show. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.